Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Family, if you don't mind, let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person and that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today that they can use. They will be able to use this message and make their lives better, God. But God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now. Our prayer is they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Family, we're going to say our Bible confession. Lift your Bibles up. We know we don't care what form they take. All we care about is that you read it. Our confession goes like this. Say this with me. Let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all know that we've been talking, at least I've been talking to you about the account of Moses and this burning bush in the book of Exodus. We're going to put before you right now the beginning of Exodus 3. And that beginning of Exodus 3 from verses 1 through 4 reads this way. Moses' father-in-law named Jethro was named Jethro. Jethro was was a priest of Midian. Moses took care of Jethro's sheep. One day Moses led the sheep to the west side of the desert. He went to a mountain called Horeb, the mountain of God. On that mountain, Moses saw an angel of the Lord in a burning bush. Moses saw a bush that was burning without being destroyed. So he decided to go closer to the bush and see how a bush could continue burning without being burnt up, burned up. The Lord saw Moses was coming to look at the bush. So he called to him from the bush. He said, Moses, Moses, Moses said, yes, Lord. Now hold that right there, because this is the version or translation. It's no same Bible, it's a different translation. This is the version. I'm calling that, though. This is the version that we have been reading out of the easy to read. And we're familiar with this. But for this session, we're going to make a switch. We're going to shift over to the voice translation of the Bible because I believe that the voice adds something that's going to give us something richer to add to our context. It's a strategic move, you understand. Look at the voice. Starting at verse 1. Now one day when Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, he guided the flock 
far away from its usual pastures. Mm, that's good right there. We're going to come back to that. That's why that's highlighted. He guided the flock far away from its usual pastures to the other side of the desert and came to a place known as Horeb, where the mountain, where the mountain of God stood. There the special messenger of the eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. Moses looked again at the bush as it blazed, but to his amazement, the bush did not burn up in flames. Moses said to himself, why is this bush not burning up? I need to move a little closer to get a better look at this amazing sight. When the eternal one saw Moses approach the burning bush to observe it more closely, he called out to him from within the bush. Loved ones, there are times in our lives where we can desire a change. There are times in our lives where we desire to experience something new. There are times in our lives where we're just looking for something else just more fulfilling in this place we call life. Unfortunately, what it feels like is that all the actions that we take seem to fall short of that fulfillment. As an individual, you work more and end up with the same thing. And when I mean work more, you work your overtime, you get two and three jobs, you got a business, you open up other branches, you're trying to expand on things, but you keep ending up with the same thing. You pray more. Are you a believer? We pray without ceasing. You pray so much, your knees then got skin up. You have to go buy some knee pads to keep, to keep some skin on your knees because you done prayed so much. But guess what? In all your praying, doggone it, daggum it, you still end up, in your mind, you coming up with the same thing. You give more financially. You sow your way out of it. You sow your way into it. But you know what? In all your sowing, in all your cash apping, in all your depositing, guess what? God, it seems like I'm still ending up with the same thing. You give more of yourself, meaning you serve more. You volunteer more. You're trying to meet the needs of others more. You're giving more of who you are, but it still feels like I'm coming up with the same thing. You, you, you ask yourself, why is this not working? I know for a fact that I am putting in more effort. And in, in, in my mind, putting in more effort, that equates to me getting to the end result I desire. But that end result, it seems to be eluding me. How can it be eluding me? Why is this not working? You ask yourself, and if you're honest with us, you probably even ask God. Why is this not working? I feel like I am working harder, but I am getting to the same end. Family. When you're looking at that scenario. What you should consider is putting a pause on everything 
and look closely at what you're doing. If you investigate what you're doing and you look closer, what you're likely to find is that although you're putting in more effort, although you're working harder, what you're doing is you're working harder at doing the same routine. That better, more fulfilling life that you seek is not necessarily along your usual path. The secret may be to take the unusual path. The secret may be to go down a road that you haven't gone down before. The Bible says here that Moses, he veered far off from his usual path. Now, I want you to realize something. When it says that he veered off far away from his usual path, you know what that implies? It implies that Moses typically had a place that he would go and he had a route to get there. It implies that generally he had a routine. However, this day, somebody say this day. This day, Moses made the decision to veer away from the usual. And his decision, follow me close now, to view, veer away from the usual, to take an alternative path, put him on a collision course with his purpose. Because Moses made the decision to do something different, he put himself in position to experience something different. Moses elected an unusual path. Perhaps you should select an unusual path. More specifically, maybe what you should do is select the path that A, takes you in an unusual position or un takes you to an unusual destination, unusual for you, or gets you out of your comfort zone. I have something to share with you about where God waits for us. Look at this image. The image reads this way. God awaits us outside the realm bordered by our routines and comfort zones. I want you to say this with me. God is waiting for me, waiting for me. Outside, of outside of my routine. God is waiting for me outside of my comfort zone. That's where God awaits. You want that more fulfilling life. You want that change. You want, you want to, to, to have that thing be different in your life, whatever that thing is. Well, God is waiting for you, but you know, you know where he's waiting for you? He's waiting, he, he's waiting for you outside of your routine. He's waiting for you 
outside of the usual. Go back to my voice version of the Bible there for me real quick. I want to share something else. An observation here. If you look at Exodus chapter three, verses one through four in the voice Bible, here's what you'll notice. In verse one, it's saying that he guided the flock far away from its usual pastures to the other side of the desert. And we've already said that. Guess what? Today, he decided to take an alternate path. But guess what? Reading between the lines. Not that tightly, but it's it's there. Family, that alternate path that he took did not just show up that day. That alternate path had always been there. Moses has had just always elected to do and go down the path he knew. He had already most days made the decision to go down the path he was familiar with. That road to a better life may already be before you. You just ignore it because it looks ordinary. That road to a better life that you seek may already be before you. But your routine blinds you to its existence. That road before you to that better life that you seek may already be before you, but guess what? Your comfort zone talks you out of going down that road. The road before you that leads to a better life family may already be before you, but you avoid it. You know why? It look a little scary down there. It look a little scary that way. But that's the road, that's that's the unusual path that's going to lead you to something. Moses chose the unusual path. And that unusual path put him on a collision course with his purpose. But more specifically, or a more pertinent statement is this. Moses chose an alternate path. And when he chose that alternate path, Guess what it did? It put him on a collision course with the God of purpose. The same applies to you. The same thing applies to me. Say this with me. The road that connects me to God's plan for my life may have already been before me. I just continue to fail to take it. For whatever reason, that road may have always been before you, but you don't take it. You see it as ordinary. You have a routine, and that routine has caused you to walk past it without even seeing it. You have a comfort zone and that comfort zone. Every time you take that step, don't do that. Don't do that. We're com- we're comfortable here. 
or you may just be scared. You look down that path, you know this path, it's your everyday path, it's the path that you've, you've been on for past year, past 10 years, past 20 years. You're, you know this path, but that path right there scares you, and you don't take it. I'm going to ask some people to come up here and give you a testimony about stepping out on that alternate path. The first one, go ahead and start making your way up. That's your microphone right there. It's important that we hear this from people that we see every day. It's important that we hear this beyond the pastor. It's important that we hear this from people who can tell you, because if we don't know nothing else, we know that the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, Paul says it's something about when you have an experience with God for yourself. I can tell their testimonies. But you know the song my grandma used to say, my mom used to sing it. Can't nobody tell it like I can tell it. What the Lord has done for me. I can't tell it like them. I'm going to tell it as a narrative. And even if I try to, to even come close to the passion they had when they told it to me, it's going to be nothing. It's going to hold no candle to the way they're going to tell it. Because you know what? When they're telling it, they're rehearsing in their mind how good God has been to them. <clears throat> Loved ones, if we keep avoiding the path that God has for us, that unusual path, we also keep avoiding our rendezvous with God. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Let me tell y'all about my Jesus. I was born in uh, Georgia in a small city that I'll, I'll tell you now, looking back on that, it was, um, everyone, it was based on lack. Um, I had settled, and as Pastor Benjamin was talking, I had gotten a routine of being comfortable where I was. Um, I was a single mom. I had two, two sons that I had to raise, and one had autism. So with all of that going on, I kept hearing what I could not do. I could not keep a job. He could not graduate, you know, just hearing all the stories. So I believed those things. So when God started speaking to me and telling me things, I wouldn't do it because I was comfortable because I knew it was not uh, something that I saw because I remember the things that I was told. When God told me to step out and move to Florida with, I didn't know anybody here, me and my two sons, um, that, was a, that was challenging. Yet I did it. And once I did that, doors started opening for me. But also doors kept closing as well. It was not easy, but I was persistent. I know some people ain't going to look at them and say that I'm bossy. I ain't going to look at them. But, <laughs> but let me tell you, 
because I was bossy, I was not going to allow anybody to tell me what I couldn't do anymore. Because every time they told me I could not do something, I did it. And I did watch that through uh, our son, Daryl. He's our oldest son. They told me he wasn't going to walk, he walked. They told me he wasn't going to talk, he talked. They told me he wasn't going to graduate high school, he did it. They told me he wasn't going to live past being a teenager. Y'all, he's 37 years old today. Watching that, I started listening and hearing more for God because even during those those times, I want to tell you, it was not easy. We tell our testimonies, but we forget about the test. It was not easy, but I had to uh, take out, get rid of all the distractions, and I had to listen to God. And every, I didn't listen to God on every step, and that is why sometimes it caused me not to be where I was supposed to be. But God took care of me where I was. And I just continued to listen to him, and he continued to give me directions. He continued to perfect everything that concerns me. And every time I felt lack or I thought lack, I would think about God. I would think about Daryl. I would think about I didn't raise him. God did. I couldn't do any of this stuff if it had not been from God. He told me everything to do. And as I did it, he kept opening doors. Fast forward, I moved here to Florida, and I was settled with the fact that I was going to be a single mom with two sons. My desire was not to, not, that was not my desire, but once I started pursuing God and getting into my word and just listening to what he said, which he will always put us in the right place at the right time, and he will give us the right information, and my husband was that right thing. He was there. And when we got together, I was no longer a single parent raising two sons. I was the uh, married woman, mother, and I had three sons now that I'm so proud and grateful and thankful to God. That was just one great step, just being obedient. And then I can't say this word right, so I'm going to say it like this because I have some people in here that's in my family told me that because I'm from Georgia, y'all, I can't say Arthur. so I am a I I, listening to God he took me to a level I never thought I would be at I am a published that that word yes 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 and you know I never as I was sitting going through trials and tribulations this is what I did I, I took a journal and I wrote down things that were frustrating me. I wrote down how God brought me through. When I went back and looked at the things that I was writing in that journal, and of course with people that were encouraging me, Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Gretel, my husband, my son, they were encouraging me. It was like, you got a book in you. I was like, I can't write. No, what? What? I don't, I don't have no book in me. What is that? God went back and showed me all these things that I had wrote back from 1999. Because I would not allow the frustration, the aggravation, the closed doors to stop me. Instead of speaking those things, I just wrote down the good things. And God kept opening doors. When I wrote this book, um, I was like, I wrote it. Now what am I supposed to do with it? And the ne- I would tell you, this was in December. The very next day, God told me, he says, you need to, you need to be a closer. 
You need to be a closer. You have all these doors open because he said he's going to give us the power to get the wealth. He's perfecting everything that concerns us. But I wasn't trusting him in that area. I was allowing fear and excuses to stop me from walking in my purpose. Once I released all that and I said, God, I surrender everything to you. You've already brought me this far. And I know that it was only you because it was by your grace and mercy that I'm standing here right now today. Because there were so many days I did not want to get up. I did not want to move, let alone write a book and encourage other people as I did that. But um, I got that book published, y'all, in one day. One day. One day. All it took was a, uh, a email. As I did that email, God said, do it today. He said, do it right now. Okay, it was 10 o'clock at night. But I did it. I did it that night, and I got a response back, like, right away. And then everything else is history, and the book is out. And it is not just the book is out. God is sending me on journeys that I never knew that I would be doing. I'm just saying yes to God, and I just encourage you all to just say yes to God. You don't have to know what's going to happen. You don't have to know every step of the way. All you got to do is step and get out the way and let God lead the way. And I, I tell you, he's going to be beyond good. He's going to show you things that you didn't even think you could do. I'm looking back on some of these things in my life, and I was like, God, I just thank you. I just thank you. So walking in our purpose and doing it the God's way is always greater and better than anything we can think or imagine. So I just thank you all for listening to me. God is good all the time. Let's keep moving. Next we have, and I don't know if you gave your name. Oh. That was Pastor Shalita Austin. Please, and please give your name as you give your testimony. Yes. Great morning. My name is Emerald Parker. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Thank you. Yes. So first I want to start off by saying at the end of the summer I will have my bachelor's degree. I wanted to start with the ending. Um, I thought that was important so you can hear the full story. So um, I joined the military. I got married, got divorced. In between that time, I have a beautiful son who I'm very grateful for, um, who I love with my, all my heart. And I chose as a single parent to be a full-time parent um, and to really be involved in my, my son's life. I'm, I was very committed to that. Um, so I did have um, some schooling, some college when I um, joined the military, but not much. Um, and I wanted to be fully active in my son's life. So I um, did some years in the military. I got out, and then I wanted to make sure that as a single parent that my son always see me there. And so I decided to make my schooling, like, not a priority. So everything that I devoted myself to was to be a part of my son's life. So whatever he needed, whatever he needed me to be involved in, and of course I have a job, I thought it was vitally important that I was there. 
So any extracurricular activities that he did, he always saw me there as a parent. And um, not to bash any other, you know, married families like husband and wives, but I was always at every single thing. I don't care if it was a scrimmage. I don't care what it was. Brian saw his mom there, his mom and grandma. We were at every single thing his whole life. And I thought it was very important just to see that he could see the value of a family. Um, and so I was always there, and I, I went to work, picked him up. I was always there at everything. And as he grew up and as he looked back on his life, he knew how important a family was because I thought it would be important as he grew up and as he had a wife and a family. He knew how important it was to be in his kid's life. Um, so... Um, as he got closer to high school, you know, I knew that I needed to get my college degree because it was an important aspect of my job. But I really didn't want to go to school. Um, I knew I could do well in school, but I just didn't want to go. Um, so, and I knew going to school was important because I couldn't move in my job. I was stuck. I was stagnant. And school cost more money. It wasn't free. I already had some student loans, and I just didn't want to go to school. However, the Holy Spirit kept telling me, if you don't go to school, Emerald, you're just going to be stuck. You're not going to have any, any extra increase. It doesn't matter how much you tithe. It doesn't matter how much you give to other people. It doesn't matter how much seed you sow. You're just going to be stuck. And so once I decided to move and go back to school, guess what, everyone? So this is 2022. I went back to school in the summer of last year. And when I applied for school, just remember, I didn't have that much college. When I applied to school, I applied to USF. Um, I applied to University of Phoenix. The people told me that I had, like, 90-something credits. I'm like, it was, excuse me? <laughs> I, I have what? They said, yeah, with your military experience and this and that. I'm like, uh, God, uh, what'd you say, God? He said, I told you all you had to do was apply for school. Um, I have this thing where I always say this, and it's, I know like some people say it's a cliche, but I always say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, and I promise you, I say this all the time. And I say it deep down in my heart. And I mean, I mean it with all my heart. And then I also have this thing that I, I just want to share with you all because it's something that I just do consistently. I, I listen to music. That's the way that God speaks to me. And I know he may speak to a lot of you guys through music, but I play a particular song every night before I go to sleep. And um, it's more than one, but it's just one that reminds me to make sure that I'm saying yes to God. And it's by Brian Courtney Wilson. But it's just the particular words that I repeat to myself every night before I go to sleep. Because it's just a reminder to me. And it says, um, I'll just say yes. It says, I'll just say yes. You lead the way. I'm not afraid of what it means for me to say that this life you gave is not my own. I'm trusting you to hear me, hear my yes, and lead me on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My life is yours. Because I'm reminding myself every day that my life is not mine, it's God's. And so every night before I go to sleep, I say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. This is not my life, God.
because I'm fully committed to God. And I remind myself of that every night, that my life is not mine. So when I, when the school told me that, before I knew it, I was telling the God, I was like, when I think of the goodness of Jesus. And the guy on the other line, he was a believer. He would say, yes, honey, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So not only that, I didn't have to pay for school. So when I think of the goodness of Jesus, I was so concerned about that because I didn't want to have to pay for school. I didn't have money to pay for school. When I'm telling you, God does. He takes care of his people. When he takes care of his people, he takes care of his people. And then God not only did that, somebody gave me a laptop. I didn't have to pay for a laptop. I mean, God, I mean, that was last year and the summer of last year. Now, when I'm telling you this summer... I'm finishing with my bachelor's degree. I mean, God did that suddenly. I mean, immediately. And on top of that, guess what, guys? I got a promotion. It was a promotion that I wasn't even expecting to happen. And not only did God give me promotion, he gave me increase on top of increase. They gave me more than the position allowed. It just came. God did it just now suddenly. The position, wait, 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 wait. Two days before my interview, God moved people around. He moved some people. He gave other people. Are you hearing me? God moved people around to give me this position. And not only that, the position that I really was going for, the person is retiring next year. So not only am I going to be in this position, this is a temporary position that he's preparing me for. And the position that he's preparing me for, I'm not good at public speaking. So... The people are preparing me to present well, to be a public speaker in confidence. I mean, God has everything strategically aligned to make sure that I'm prepared for the kingdom. And the people that are preparing me, they are believers. They brought me in a room and said, let me tell you something. Let me take you to the scriptures. Do you hear me? God loves me. So when I'm telling you, when I'm up here praising God, I'm saying when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me. Hallelujah. Can't nobody tell me how good my God is because he is good. He is good. I just have two more things I would like to share with you. Two more things. Because my son, he reminded me, this is important, to leave a legacy for your family. My son told me, he said, Mom, remember this, growth is uncomfortable. My son reminded me that growth is uncomfortable. When you love God, make sure you show yourself to your children. You share everything with them. These life lessons, don't keep them out. Make sure you share these lessons with your children because they're coming up behind you. It's important that you stand firm and you have a solid foundation because they're coming up behind you. You share this with them. Don't you ever allow them to not be included in your life because it's important that they are an example of who you are. And I just wanted to share this scripture. It says Proverbs 18 and 16. Do you want to meet an important person? Take a gift, and it will be easy. The last thing I just need to share that I didn't share. My organization allowed me to be a part of a program. 
And I told them, I went on Google. God said, go on Google and find a leadership program to be a part of. So I told my organization, hey, I found this leadership program that I want to be a part of. They said, okay, let's do it. I said, you sure? They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just do it. Now, I work for the county. They don't just let you do stuff. That program costs $4,500. The county, they have, like, budgets that they follow and all this stuff. They let me be in the program. Um, But you have to apply, and people heard of the programs, but normally they don't just let government employees just, you know, interview and be in the program. This is normally, like, people in private sectors and stuff like that. But um, I applied, and I was so worried. But I talked to Miss Greta, Pastor Greta. I call her Miss Greta, sorry. Pastor Greta. And she was like, what are you worried about? She's like, do you know who you are? I was like, I'm, I'm Emerald. <laughs> she was like, no, be confident. She said, God made you who you are, and you'll get in the program. And so I graduated from the program, just so you know, guys, because all of this happened from last year on, to this year, just so you know. Once I started school, um, I graduated June 16. It was 59 strong in my class. And do you know the people in my class, like Pastor um, um, talked about a few Sundays ago about the qualifications of your resume? It wasn't about, the quali- it wasn't about me having degrees, because if, if you just know now, I just, just now get my bachelor's. I have people in my class that have PhDs and all these things. And those people in my class, if you, if you know anything, my mom and my son can tell you about it. I have the president of the Rowdies. I have people that have medical degrees, people that are like have all these prestigious degrees, and they're looking at me like, Emerald, I need to be a part of your circle. These are people that have all these qualifications that I don't even have any of, that went to Harvard, Yale, and all these schools that want to be in my circle. So I just want to let you know, you need to make sure you serve God, serve him right, listen, and be active, and just know that when you move, when God tells you to move, just listen. Amen. Yes, yeah. Are y'all, y'all, y'all getting this? Y'all getting this? Go ahead, go ahead. I sure did in you. Tease Miss Marilyn. I'm going to move you to the middle a little bit. Center stage, center stage. All right. Good morning, everyone. Most of y'all know who I am. Those that don't, I'm Kimberly Jackson. In the mic, baby. In the strong Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Most of you know who I am. For those that don't, Kimberly Jackson, and I am, was asked to come share my testimony with Divine Destiny Center. And most of you know me. I may cry because I'm so... I'm so passionate about what God called me to do. Goodness, Jesus, I wanted to get through the first part. So (laughs) starting Divine Destiny uh, Center for me was, I'm going to say some things, and if if you walk the journey, for if you walk the journey, you'll know where I'm coming from. I'm just going to leave it right there. Starting Divine Destiny Center was huge. And the reason is it was first ministry. I have a youth and women outreach ministry. To start it, 
God spoke this thing to me in 2008. Some of the women that were on WOW, you heard the testimony. Some of you that are my friends and been around a long time, you know my testimony. In 2008, when God gave me this vision to have a restoration center for, for girls and women, I was so broken. My marriage, I was just so broken. But I showed up in church every week. I was an intercessor. I sung in the choir, usher, greeter, children ministry, whatever they needed in that season. And I was at work when God spoke it to me. August 2008 and at the time I had a I had, there was a lady that worked with me she, let's say she worked in the building <laughs> we never met we didn't know each other and when God spoke it we had a cafe in the building and it hit me so hard I felt I had to get out of my seat because I couldn't sit still because I was I was getting ready to trip with Jesus like like, like, <laughs> and I don't want nobody to see it on the floor because, <laughs> you know, you represent Jesus on the job and you get ready to trip with Jesus in front of everybody. So you need to step away. So I, I got up and I was walking down this hallway and I was going to the cafe to get me some grits with some cheese in it because I needed to feel something on the inside. <laughs> I did. I needed some hot grits at the time. And at least that's what I felt. And so, in the midst of me walking in this cafe, this lady was in there. Mind you, I never noticed this woman in the building with me all this time. And she just said, good morning. I said, praise God. And, that's, and she turned around. And that lady became my mentor to help me walk this thing through. This was Pastor Glover. Ms. Marilyn, I don't know who I'm talking Ms. Marilyn, you know. And we connected right then, but we didn't know. So I still didn't know really what it was about with this relationship. So I'm still dealing with what God is telling me. I call you to start a restoration center. I get back to my desk. I see them cleaning off the desk in front of me. I'm thinking, okay, Jesus, who's getting ready to move in front of me? They moved her in front of me. And I was thinking to myself, I just met this lady. Okay, God. Not knowing the whole time she was a pastor. And she was praying for me all the time. But God is so good because I'm looking at her. Okay, God, after we talk that she's praying for me. But God was showing me visions, telling, showing me about what he's called her to do. And she said, Kim... God sent me, now I've been ministering, for you to help me too. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, here the journey starts right now. I'm getting ready to start helping other women. But I'm like, this woman is amazing. But in this season of my brokenness, I want to say something to somebody in the room, whatever you're dealing with. You cannot allow what you're dealing with 
be the thing to stop you from doing what God is telling you to do. If I would have allowed my brokenness to stop me from helping other broken women, I wouldn't be here today. And I asked God, why would you ask me this? This is hard. I don't care if she broken. I'm broke too. I'm just being real. In the midst of your stuff, you thinking, for real? I'm broke. And God said, I know, but I know I can trust you. I can trust you. You're not going to be judgmental because you can't. (laughs) You're right there with them. He said, and I knew you were going to walk alongside them. You're going to be, it's not this, I'm looking down at you. I'm not telling you what thus said the Lord because I'm perfect. I'm telling you because I'm here now, not what I heard every single day. I'm here walking this with you. We're going through this thing together. So stepping out in the season that I was in and the the things that I was involved in, it wasn't easy to step out to do things, especially ministry. So God had to settle some things in my spirit early. Early on, he said, one, I need you to trust me. Trust me. And second, I need you to trust the me in you. Then he had to give me word, scriptures to stand on because he let me know at the beginning, you are going to have a lot of days where you're going to walk alone just because what you're getting ready to do. And that hurt. Because if you know how I am, I'm a people person. And being alone and That was not something I wanted to do, but he had to prepare me early on. He showed me you're going to get hurt by people that you thought was your friends. He said, you're going to get hurt in the ministry. And I'm just being real for people that you thought had your back. But now this is not a negative because I don't want y'all to walk away with this with a negative and be mad with your Christian sisters and brothers in the Lord because that's not why I'm here. But he had to show me some of these things. He said, but what I need you to do, I need you to write the vision down. And every time you are challenged, I need you to go back and read it. And I still do that now. I have to go back. I can feel myself when I'm being tested. And I have to go back. I'll get real quiet. I may not call people. I mean, That's a time where I'm going back. He has to remind me. So I'm stepping out. But, you know, when the word says faith without works is dead. My yes, yes to God was my faith. Okay, God, I hear you. I'm a move. I have no money. (laughs) No dying, no ching, ching. Um, I have no knowledge or starting a women's outreach, youth outreach. I don't know nobody that can tell me, or no, let me reword that. I know some that can tell me, but that are willing to tell me. That's a difference, because you can know people and know that they're not willing to. 
And he's and a lot of that is because they couldn't see. He said, man, I'm not going to send you that because they can't see. They can't see that in you. Don't go nowhere. This is me and you. This is a journey with me and you. So I said, God, I don't have any of that. He said, the only thing you need is obedience. Let me be your GPS system. And I said, God, what is that? He said, my, your God positioning system. I will position you everywhere I need you to be, step by step. And when I tell y'all, this journey, it was like walking with blinders on in the natural. I'm just trying to paint something to you. In the natural, you have blinders on and you're literally walking because I'm an expressive person. I got to show y'all what it looked like for real. You need a smile. Praise the Lord. Um, it's like, <laughs> come on, y'all. Listen, so it's like, okay, Kim, go right, go left. I mean, literally, go right, go left. And it's like this the whole time. I'm trusting God every minute. And that's scary. And I know that's where a lot of people are right now because we want to depend on our education. We want to depend on, man, he stripped me from all of that. You are not going to use anything that you thought you knew. The only thing you're going to use is your relationship with me and you listening to me. So the reason why I mentioned faith without works is not, is, is there. So the faith is to believe and I believe God. Okay, God, um, I'm ready. We're going to do this. So what you going to do, God? He's like, I, I did my part. I told you what to do. And the rest is you. So the works, where it started. Some people in this room don't even know the parts that they play. Because even though you heard from God, you find yourself falling back into these comfortable places. So some years ago, some may know the testimony. Um, I was 19 years old when my mom passed. I took care of my mom. She passed with cancer. She was only 49 years old. And at the time, it did something. I was in college. It did something to me. And because I had, I was a baby. I was the only girl. But everything was on me. So I dealt with stuff internally. And because of that, I did not deal with her death. So what it did is, when I went back to college, I couldn't remember how to read. And I don't know if you remember, Deaconess Lois, when I came to intercession, I asked her, I said, Miss Lois, can you teach me how to read? And she kindly said with her loving self, no. She said no. She didn't say it for me to be mean. She said, no, I need you to trust God. This was a part of my journey. There's some journeys that you're going to go through. This is the works piece. Then I get into intercession. And I get a director, Miss Marilyn, who asked me to be a lead. Miss Marilyn, you know, to be a lead, you got to read the scriptures from the Bible. I just told you I can't read no more. Why would you ask me to read? But the thing, this is what I'm trying to tell you. God, these limitations, these things we deal with, that don't mean nothing to God. He knows what's on the inside of us. So he put people in my way, even though I was running to them, to just kind of say, Kim, just sit down. They said, no. It won't be me being, a, I won't hinder you. No. I'm not excusing you. 
I'm not going to help you. Yep. Just some of these journeys. So some of y'all, when you get mad, when people don't help you, don't take it negative. I'm telling you. Some of that is Jesus. God is doing something in you. In you. I promise you. So I had to grow to trust God so much that because he knew these women that were going to come my way. These women that were going to come my way, I had to be able to trust him. So as the journey went on with this, just learning, this is the works. I'm giving y'all the testimony of the works. Y'all have heard a lot of what God manifested. Oh, that's great. But some of us don't want to deal with the works. That's my part. Deal with the works. Don't run from the works. It's all a part of where God is taking you to the manifestation of what he's calling you to do. Don't run from it. It's not going to be comfortable. He's going to send some people on your job. He's going to send them and they're going to make you man. You're going to remember scriptures and forget them. I don't know, but it's going to make you feel some kind of way. I'm so serious. And you feel like, why am I here? Why am I dealing with that? The works. Don't run. It's the works. It built me for what I'm doing today. Because I had to be strong for these women. Because the stuff they're dealing with. If I was not strong in who God called me to be. I wouldn't be able to do it. It would break me. So I'm just here. I mean. We're doing some great things. I'm so thankful to God every day. But I just wanted to encourage somebody today. Don't run from the works. Don't run from the tests that God is, that, that, that come your way. Just walk through it knowing that he is there with you. He has not left you. He has not left you. Amen. Hello, hello. Um, my name is Daryl. My middle name is Danielle. Some people call me Daryl. Some people call me Danielle. It's all the same. Um, I uh, first of all, I wanted to go first. Okay, so y'all see how that worked out. The Lord, I'm just like the list came out. I was like, ooh, I want to go first, and then you know I have to follow such greatness. Um, First, I just want to say, um, I, I have to just say in the moment, um, I thank God for my mom being here today. Um, she was just recently um, in the hospital this past weekend, and, you know, the enemy wants things to look a certain way, and, and God is good, so all is well with her. Um, I think what I'm, I'm going to say these things fairly quickly um, if you would like any extra details, feel free to ask me. But I just believe that God wanted me to say a few things just in regards to restoration. So um, Marcus and I, um, the scripture that we have based a lot of what um, our relationship is, is on Isaiah 61 and verse 3. And from the... Um, New Living Translation, it says, He will give you a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, and festive praise instead of despair. 
in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his glory. And that's the part I really want to talk about. We, we know about the beauty for ashes part. But at the end of this, it says they, and that means more than one person, um, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his glory. Um, it is my, I believe my desire this morning just to encourage those that God, he does restore. Um, restoration is, is what he does. <laughs> um, he specializes in it. I wouldn't recommend anybody else to you. Um, he, he will move without your help. And I know that you do have to move. You have to make those moves like Miss Emerald has spoken about and Miss Kim um, spoke about. You do have to move, but he'll move without your help. And what I mean by that, he moves, like Miss Emerald said, people. He will move things, and he doesn't need your help to actually do it. Sometimes we think we, we have to make something happen. Things are happening that we can't see all the time. All the time. Um, just praising him and praying in secret. That's one of the things that I know I'm an intercessor. And I know people see me pray up here. Thank God that he's with me every time. But that prayer in secret, that praise that you do when no one else is around, that's when the things are moving. Um, I cannot even remember. Like, I can't tell you all the number of times that I just, me and my girls would sing, I mean, songs all day. And I'm not saying we don't listen to other music because you know, I'm free. We, we dance. We have a good time. Okay. But I am saying that there have been moments where songs have just meditated over me and my children and just got in our spirits. Um, promotion comes from God. I know people say that all the time. You know, promotion comes from God. But you got to really believe that. Um, like you have to know that it's going to work out how God wants it to work out. Um, amen. Um, so a little bit of my testimony. I applied for the particular. You have to go through a program before you can become an assistant principal um, in Hillsborough County. And then so then you can become the assistant principal. So. I applied to the program. I didn't want to apply to the program because I was just like over it. Okay. So they want you to do these things. So I thank God I was able to obtain my master's degree, um, which was good. So I had my master's degree in education leadership. It's almost like going back to school again. Okay. So they want me to do what I just did. So I didn't really want to do that, but I did it. Um, and it was all in God's timing, you know, I would have never thought that I would become an assistant principal at this season of my life. Um, I get married in three days, two days, Lord help me, somewhere in that <laughs> sphere. It's today. Yes, three days. Thank you. Um, and, and yeah, so I never thought that that promotion would come before. So I applied to the program. I got into the program. I finished the program in April. I applied for a position in at the end of April, the beginning of May, through really not through any effort of my own. It was more of people coming to me. I had people coming and talking to me. 
coming and asking me where, where I wanted to go, what position I was looking at. People were coming to me. So that's what I, I just reiterate that promotion comes from God. Um, it will all just work out, but you got to be listening and hearing from God. So on the, the, the day that I was getting, get, the day before the interview, I was spoken with, we were um, doing, finishing up our premarital counseling with Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Greta, and I was a little nervous because, you know, as you would think, this is, I've never been in an assistant principal interview, and that's a whole nother situation. So Pastor Benjamin said something to me. Um, because I said to him, you know, we talk about Ephesians where you talk about God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. And we get excited and we like, yes, God. And then that stuff starts happening. Right. And you just be like, you know, like you have to take it all in. But Pastor Benjamin said something to me. He said, you know, first it's when opportunity meets preparation. And that's, that's just, that was one part of it. And he also said, Ephesians is not just talking about outward things. That exceeding and abundantly and above all we can ask, think, or imagine is also happening on the inside of us. It's not just what's happening to us outwardly because generally that's what we think. But when things start happening on the inside of us that are exceedingly and abundantly and above all we can ask, think, or imagine, it just becomes something else. Because you are just trying to figure out, you can barely contain it within our physical body. Um, so I did the interview. I interviewed, got the, I was given a position a couple days later. I was, you know, it went to the school board on June 7th. And I am an assistant principal now. Um, Amen, amen, amen. So, yes. Um, it is, God will restore. Um, I, I just, whomever listens to this, whether it's today, next week, or three or four years from now, God is a God of restoration. He will restore. And that doesn't mean he's going to put it back together like it used to be. That means he's going to restore. And the restoration happens on the inside of that person, of you. And whatever it is that God has brought for you. So, amen. And Good morning, everyone. I don't, I don't know if she gave her name. She did. So I'm the one not listening. Okay, got it. <laughs> yes, okay, thank you for I apologize, sir. Please. Whatever you'd like, sir. <laughs> so good morning, everyone. My name is Alex McCray. Um, the testimony that I'm going to share today has is going to culminate tomorrow. So I'm getting a new promotion that starts tomorrow. So I'll do like Miss Emerald. I'll start at the end and, and come back to the beginning. Um, and this testimony is going to be kind of laced with things that the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and things that the Holy Spirit spoke to my wife to share with me. And there's a a couple other key players involved that um, help in that journey. And one thing that you'll notice with all the testimonies this morning is, yes, there's a part that God plays and there's a part that you play. But the part that we play includes it coming off of what did God tell you to do? So just having effort is going to be futile. You're just going to be spinning your wheels. 
But when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, now that's effort in the right direction. Right. So that's the difference between self-effort and grace. And so with this journey, it actually starts almost, what is this, uh, seven years ago. So even though the promotion starts tomorrow, this actually starts seven years ago. Because one thing that I heard in Pastor Benjamin's message this morning and everyone else's testimony is the fact that we all enjoy being comfortable. Those comfort zones that we get into. Um, And with comfort zones, here's what's deceptive about a, a comfort zone. It seems simple and it seems innocent because it's comfortable, right? So if you're cold at home, you get a comfortable blanket. You're like, oh, this feels so good. But comfortable and being comfortable in your, your journey is really fear that has this title being comfortable. Now, if someone just came straight up to you and said, be fearful, you'd be like, no. All right, where's my scriptures? Where's my stance? Where's my faith? But when you say comfortable, it's like, ah, it doesn't really seem like an attack. It just seems like I'm comfortable. But what ends up happening is with comfort zones, you stay where you are, you stay where you feel the, the, the assurances of who you've met, who you've been around, the environment you've been in for years, and you can almost put up a blockage to what God is trying to tell you. Because see your scripture this morning, for Moses to get to where he was getting to, he had, or Jethro, was it Jethro? Moses, okay. To Moses to get to where he was getting to, he had to go to that uncomfortable, unusual, alternative route. Just because it's alternative means you don't know the way to get there. You don't know what's going to be on the other end of the decision. You don't know what's around the corner. But when you're comfortable, you know all the factors. You know all the X factors. You know all the people. All of those things are already in place. Now, for me in, in, in work... Seven years ago, I worked for the ministry, and that's when I made the transition to leave ministry and go work in the world, all right? What's interesting about that moment, we talk about effort being stemmed from what God is telling you. I can remember working for the ministry for 10 years and being very comfortable. I mean, think about all of the members in this this room, if we all work together every day. We're talking people that think like you think, believe like you believe, pray like you pray. We're talking comfortable. If you have any challenge, you could just go to your brother, your sister, and you can have instant connection with God. That doesn't always happen in the world, per se. <laughs> but I can remember working there, becoming comfortable. It was my first job out of college. And I put in for it. I didn't hear anything back. So I called the, the, the HR. I said, hey, do you see my name in the, in the application? She says, no, I don't see your name in the application. I said, well, I know I applied. And she says, well, let me find out. Well, I see your name in this hourly position. And I'm like, okay, that's not what I was applying for. But since I'm already there, I'll just go ahead and take the interview. Right? Let me just go through the process. So I go through the process. I get the position offered. And I said, well, I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to transition from uh, the, the store as a manager to an hourly associate for the first time. I'm going to clock in, enjoy my lunch breaks, everything. Come to find out, when I get there, they actually deleted the position after about six months. Just gone. Just company said, poop, we're, we're eliminating that position. And they were going to promote only three people from that position that I was in to the position I thought I was applying for the whole time. When you talked about God will move people, there were four of us who could get to that next position. One of them, ironically enough, applied to a position outside the store, got the position. So guess what? There's only three people left. 
we don't even have to interview for it now. We don't have to fight for the position. So the three of us automatically got promoted to the position I had apl- thought I applied for. Now, what's, what's awesome about that experience is if I had applied the first time and got it the way I thought I wanted it, I would have had to leave and go to Arkansas for two weeks for training, then come back. And I really didn't want to be gone for two weeks. Uh, I'm good. And, but going this route, because they deleted it and promoted me, I didn't even have to go to Arkansas. I just got the position, didn't have to go for no training because I'd already been doing basically the job anyhow. Then you fast forward. Now, I've been at the academy four years, been teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching, basically taking Revealing Truth Ministries to Walmart. You, you see how we do it. So teaching and teaching. And through that process, the leader of the academy, that position came available. So I said, oh, this is it. This is really what I want right here. And I thought it was perfect timing. From my perspective, the leader who was there at the time got promoted to be the store manager of the store. Now I'm thinking we've been working together for two, about a year and a half. You know me. I know you. This would be perfect fit. You get promoted up. I'll take your position. We good. I literally applied on the day it, it, it opened. I met him in the parking lot and he told me right then, he says, uh, you know, they're not going to give it to you, right? Now, at this point, my bubble, it was big, right? My bubble was big. And he just, like the day I applied, he just put a pin in it. So I said, okay. So I go through the process. I don't get picked. And the person who does get picked comes from out of state, gets there, knows nothing about the academy, never been in the academy structure, knows nothing. Come on now. Come on. (laughs) And at this point, here's where, here's where, you know, so many, you need so many people in your lives to help you. Because there are times where you can hear very clearly what the Holy Spirit is saying. But there are going to be other times when your emotions and, and things are happening, you just can't hear as clear as you want to hear. So the people that are closest to you, that's when it's time to really open your ears. That's, that's why I thank my wife. Thank you, baby. I want to thank my wife because she wasn't there living it every day. So she didn't have the extra noise, the brain noise that's there to hear what God is trying to say. And so uh, I go ahead and I get this new supervisor. Don't know nothing. Right. And I'm like, OK, now I got to work here. I got to I got to basically still do my job. And I can remember talking to Deacon Will. and I, I told Pastor Benjamin this part of the story. I talked to Deacon Will, uh, Deacon Willie Hill at, at uh, the Tampa location. And he had gone through something similar to this back when he was in corporate America. It was almost like we switched paths. He came from corporate to church. I went from church to corporate. (laughs) And he told me, he said, what you need to do is make her look good. I'm like, now this is tough. I knew that I could just walk straight into the position, start doing it and be proficient. Here's a person who knows nothing. And he's saying, make her look good. I'm like, okay. So every day I did my part to support her, teach and train if needed to be, um, and just make sure she did not fail. Now, at the time when he told me, there was no evidence that says this is going to work out good. There was none. And the closest academy to Brandon is Bradenton, St. Pete, Mulberry. Those are the closest ones. All of a sudden... All of a sudden, you know, and suddenly. Now, 
she's now been my supervisor since August, so it's not even been a full year. In that process, the Bradenton Academy opened up. Now, the person who had been running the academy there had been there for four years since it grand opened, and there was no indication that he was ever leaving, ever. He was stuck. But then God will move. I don't know why he moved. I don't know what his decision was and, and why the timing was when it was. But all of a sudden, poof, he's now gone. And I was at a, I think I was at a, where was I at? I was helping out at, at another store. And one of my colleagues texts me and says, hey, you know, the Academy of Bradenton opened up. You should apply. I'm like, wow, where'd this come from? Hmm. All right, I'm going to put my name in the hat. The worst thing they, they can say is no. And something Adrian would always say, my brother, he would always say, you can't get a position that you never apply to. So even if we praying and we praying and we praying, it's, it's not impossible, but it's less likely if you don't at least do the process. All right. Do the process. And so I put my name in the hat and my the way our structure is, you have a, a direct lead, a supervisor. Then there's someone who covers the market. So all the academies in Florida, there's one individual. We were at a training together, and I told him, I say, I put my name in the hat for the position. He says, okay. Ironically enough, again, that week I got an interview, but that same week he went on a leave of absence. Now, I say that because even though on the surface it looked like he was for my good all these four years, I don't know. I really don't. There is, there's still something in me that says... On the surface, everything looked good. Oh, yeah, you'd be great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But I don't believe he needed to be a part of the interview process. So as soon as I applied and as soon as he either put my name in whatever the, the system is, all of a sudden, he is out of pocket for the entire. He's just going to be coming back this month. And it's been about a two month process. And in that two month process, I went on an interview and it was I was nervous not knowing what the questions were going to be, this level of a position, I didn't know any questions, nothing. And so I started reaching out to people, saying, hey, do you have any best practices for this? What do you think about this? I reached out to old store managers, all different people in the company. And when I went on the first interview, I'm now interacting with people I've never met because we're in a totally different market, totally different city. They don't know me, I don't know them. Where I was going to apply, I had all my relationships. I had all the connections. And really what, and I don't want to skip ahead, but one thing I wanted to remind us in everyone's testimony, the purpose and why God does what he does is to get us back into trusting him. Because there are times where he says, call that person. But guess what just happened? He told you to call that person. So the trust still goes back to him versus, let me look at my my contacts. Hey, such and such. Can you connect me? Can you do this? Can you do that? That's factoring God out. Or he might say, nope, I'm just going to arrange it for you so you can't even try to figure out a way to make this happen because I'm trying to teach you to trust me. That's what it's all about. So when I go through this process, I'm now in in front of people I don't know. So I don't have that little extra connection of, you know me, you know what I could do. Nope. I have to rely on God. And I can remember when I was telling Pastor Benjamin during the interview, the first we had four questions. The first question, I felt like I was cranking the engine up and I was missing it. Like, I'm trying to answer this thing, and I just can't get the engine going. By question two, three, and four, I felt more comfortable, right? But when it was all over, I said, man, I wish I could have did better on that. Like, I just, ugh. 
Ironically enough, I talked to my market HR in my area, and he knows the market HR where I was interviewing. And he says, man, they loved you. Like, they loved your answer. They loved this. I'm like, what the world? Like, if I could have <laughs> been grading myself, I wouldn't have gave myself a good grade. But it's amazing how God will just use whatever. is. Who knows what they heard? I could have been saying A, B, C, D, and they could have heard one, two, three, four. Who knows? That's not my job. When we trust God and we say, okay, the favor of God surrounds us like what? Like a shield. We've been taught. We've been well taught that we know favor surrounds us. But what does favor also do? It goes before us and it stays there when we leave. So, again, I don't know what they heard and what I said, but obviously God made sure that all worked out. So then I go from the first interview and I have to go to now a second one. The second one is going to be a walkthrough in the store. So I have to meet this new store manager down in Bradenton and walk the store. So you know what I did? Back to my effort. My effort says go the day before and walk the store. All right, I'm not going to be surprised. I see that. I see that. Okay, boo, 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 boo. I, think, I think I'm ready. I got home. The next morning I woke up, I text my, my lead and I said, can I work from home today so I can just prepare for the interview today? So I'm studying, I'm studying, just making sure I'm sharp. So when I go downstairs to leave for the interview, the Holy Spirit reminds me of something that took place in 1999. Now, in 1999, for those of you who've never heard this part of the testimony, do I have like a couple more minutes? In 1999, I was graduating high school, trying to get into USF. Now, at that point, I had the scholarships already in place, good GPA. The one thing I didn't have was the ACT and the SAT scores. I had everything else. Could not get into school. And I can remember going back to what is the Holy Spirit saying? I couldn't hear anything. But you know who did? My dad. My dad says, we need to go talk to the person in charge in admissions. Now, I would have never thought to do that. And I wouldn't have had the confidence to even think <laughs> to let's go talk to the top person. My dad said, let's go talk to the top person. So what we ended up doing was compiling all of my letter recommendations, scores, everything I could put into a folder. And I can remember me and my dad walking into the office and we sat down in the lobby and the guy came out and said, all right, come with me. We sat down. My dad on the other side of the desk undid the folder, ready to present the case, right? We ready to go. The guy gets on the computer and the next thing we know, he turns to us and says, by the way, I just admitted you into school. Now, now at this point, my dad on the other side of the desk, goes, okay, let's close that folder. <laughs> let, let's, not, let, let's not add to this. <laughs> but what that was teaching us, it was teaching us, yes, I could have gone in with effort. We're going to prove this case. You need to let my son in this school, whatever that looks like. But God wanted to teach us something. There are some things that only he can do. And there are some things that he wants to only do because he wants you to refer back to trusting God, not you and not what you did and not going and say, yeah, remember when I told that person let you in? No, he wanted us to remember purely trusting God and what he can do for you is going to be greater than what any of us can do for ourselves. So imagine now I'm getting ready for the second interview and he's reminding me of something that happened in 1999. Do you remember when you went in and you didn't have to do anything and and I got led into the school. So I remember that, but I still was prepared. Right? So I go to the interview. The first thing the guy says, I don't want to walk with you. 
Now, I done came here last night, been here for about an hour and 30 minutes. You don't know this, but I done prepared for this moment. And he says, all I want to do is just talk to you. Okay, so we start talking. The first thing he says is, I reached out to your first store manager. Now, this is a lady I only worked with for about 11 months, seven years ago. And he didn't know this part, was the one who promoted her to be my store manager. So this is the guy I've never met personally. And he's reaching out to my old store manager and says, tell me about Alex. Now, this is seven years ago. And, she, and he said she had great things to say about you. And I'm thinking, man, I haven't even talked to this lady in six years. And that's what the first interaction was, something that happened seven years ago in a conversation. And so as we talked, he wanted to know my thoughts, my, the way I would approach this or approach that. And that was the end of the second interview. Now, everyone else who's gone through this process to get that position has gone through all of the other walk this, do this, do that. I didn't. Now, the part I left out to you is this. The people who normally get this position normally don't go inside the academy all the way up. They normally get to a certain position, which is the one I'm in right now. They have to go back out into the store, be another higher leader, then come back in. And that's what they kept telling me. You got to go out to come back in. You got to go out to come back in. And I kept saying, I don't want to go out. (laughs) First of all, I had already been out. (laughs) I had already been out. I already did my time. But here's where I want to connect back to what my wife has encouraged me over the years. This was the second time I've applied for this position. Right. The first one when the other lady got it. During that time, though, when I first applied, I started going back and forth on, well, if I don't get it, well, you know, it doesn't really matter because I already got a position. I'm already good. There's a different mentality when you have no position and you believe in God for a position versus you already comfortable. So if it don't work out, whatever. I still got a job. We still paying the bills. Everything's good. And she reminded me of that. My my words started canceling out stuff. On one side, I'm saying I'm believing God for a promotion. On the other side, well, what if I don't get it? Don't really matter. No, that, that's not faith. That's not faith. And so on this second round, I kept remembering that. She would say, even when I talked to my mom one day, my mom called about the position the first time around, and I started being wishy-washy. Well, if I don't get it, you know, it's okay. It's whatever, you know. And she didn't realize what was going on internally when it comes to the fear of if I got to step out, I got to apply, I got to go somewhere that I've never done before. And I'm going back and forth in, in my faith. But when she reminded me of that, this time it was, it was tough. There was a couple times I wanted to say, well, if I don't get it, you know. I had to just, what was that? that um, what is the, the husband you had? Of course, Elizabeth and Joseph. And who was the cousin? Or Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and... Yes. Do you remember when he didn't want to name the son? Was it John? He didn't want to name the son John. He wanted to name the son Zacharias. He wanted to do like a junior. And, it, and that was not what God wanted that son to be called. So he had to shut his mouth. I didn't want to get that far. I, I didn't want to get to, I want to learn my lesson the first time around because it shows that it's important what your words are through the process. We have been trained to say, OK, by faith, I step out initially. But what if it takes two months? Does our words stay consistent over that two-month process? Because sometimes it's hard for us to, to know, 
how close we are to getting off in our words. And it could be canceling out what God is orchestrating everything for. We're talking this person being moved and that person being moved. And here you are saying, well, what if I don't get it? Well, maybe I don't get it. Man, whatever. It don't matter. He's up here changing the whole world around for you. And if we don't keep our words in alignment, when we say standing in faith, it could be canceling it out. And so that was one thing that I definitely remembered when she said, hey, you got to watch what you're saying. Like you you're going back and forth, even though on the surface it looks like you're standing in faith. There's these moments you keep going back and forth and back and forth. A double minded man. That's really what's happening. And so as we went through interview one, interview two, I had to do a third interview that was super random. I mean, it came out of left field. And this is why I was talking about the guy who was out on a leave of absence. Well, someone else who's the equivalent position, who's covering his area, her area, says, well, I need to meet with you. I've never met you. I got to sign off on this. So she interviews me. It went great. And she says, OK, now I need to send your name to the regional. I'm like, what kind of position am I applying for? I need like government clearance. <laughs> and she tells me you have to talk with someone at the regional level and that should happen next week. Well, guess what? Before the next week could even show up. That Friday, the store manager called and offered me the position. No third or fourth, fifth interview required. So I'll say this. Throughout the journey from transitioning from working in full-time ministry to here we are now leading an academy, it started with multiple moments of I'm comfortable, but I got God's leading me to step. Now, I can do one or two things. I can be disobedient. And let's just say it still works out okay for me. Mm. But here's another option that could take place. The place you're comfortable could dry up. Now, this is another lesson that my wife has taught me. She has a a thing about, you know, having to replace something just because it's broken versus buying it just because you want it. So instead of a car just being totally run down and run down and run down to the point where the mechanic tells you, I can't fix it. I done tried every little thing. You're going to have to buy a new car. She would rather, let's just get a car when we feel we want a car. Let's not wait until it's broken. That mentality is the same even in employment. There are places God has sustained you on that brook, but that brook about to dry up and you don't know it. He didn't share that with you and it wasn't necessary to share it with you because it could cause fear. He's trying to keep you in faith. So faith says, hey, it's time to transition. You don't need to know about this about to dry up. You just need to know move. Isn't it better for you to get over here and look backwards and say, whoo, man, I'm so glad I left. So, again, with all of the position, I'm not saying the church would have dried up, but. <laughs> but who knows? Back back in that day, we had multiple uh, graphic artists, multiple videographer people. We had a whole media team. Who's to say that even in their best attempts, they're like, well, we can't keep all five of you. We just can't. It's not ill will. It's not. What if? Then when I'm at my store, that first store there for three years, who knows what would have happened after that third year? Me and my comfortable state. Here we are now. Well, I'm super comfortable. I'm four years at the academy. I know it inside out. Been teaching classes left and right. I can stay there and be comfortable. But like I told you in that story in the beginning, We started off in the academy with seven people just like me, four people like at the level I started at, 
and seven, seven hourly associates. So it was a ton of us in the academy. Just a couple years ago, they trimmed that thing down. Now there's only six and three. That can happen in the blink of an eye, especially in corporate America. They could be an initiative tomorrow that says, all right, there was six of you, now there's four. I'm going to be so glad when I'm on the next brook if that brook dries up. So I, I say that not saying doom and gloom like it could happen. I'm saying that I know God's position is keep you in faith. Keep you in faith. If you're concerned about something, now you're in worry and fear versus God told me, God told me, God told me, just like Miss Miss Jackson says. She was putting on the blinders, but at every point and she was turning, she's in faith. She's not looking at the circumstance and saying, well, I need to do this because of this. No, that's not faith. When you were looking at something and we can see it, that's not faith. So as we continue to, to, to press, the biggest keys that I've seen in today's testimonies, including mine, is comfort zones are there to deceive you. They will, they will lull you to sleep. And you won't even realize it. You, it's like that, was it a frog inside of a, a boiling pot? The frog, if it knew, it would leave. But it doesn't. So it just stays there and it dies. And something that even Pastor Benjamin, a lot of us have, have heard for years, if you're not growing, if you're not changing, you're dying. Right? So even if the flower looks good on the surface, it doesn't mean it's growing. And as we continue to say, all right, God, what's next? What's next? And here's the other thing. We, we can't always think about promotions and what God's telling us to do as it only impacting us. Sometimes, you know, if our mindset is not correct, we're not thinking about maybe God's doing this now for me to be a catalyst for somebody else. It might not even be about me. It might be about the next two, three people behind me. They might need to see your encouragement or you might need to be the one who sets the precedence. For that change, as I said, they don't normally promote from within, but every other person like me in my position can now see the ceilings broken. Oh, you don't have to go back out to come back in. No, you don't. When you stand in faith, when you stand in faith, when you declare what you want to see. These are things that it is sometimes hard in the moment to remember all these lessons. Like, no, stand in faith. Make sure your confession But the more we practice it, even when we fail, like on that first time when I applied, yes, I made a fail, but I learned from that failure. What can I do to switch? All right, I need to keep my mouth lined up even to the end. Even if they say you don't get it, I know I stood in faith the entire time. And now I can say, well, obviously God didn't want that for me. It it was not meant to be right now. We're going to move on to the next thing. So God bless (laughs) y'all. Before he before he steps down, and I know we don't often get an opportunity to hear from Mr. Alex, so I'm just telling him just keep you just share it share it all. And I understand that there may be some 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 needs and some desires. No, you're good if you have to if you have to step and get. But we need to get this out because I have something in my heart that this is just building for something. We spent a long time talking about your testimony, which is why I thank you for coming. There's a part I remember, though, because there's so many people that have talked about how God moved people around. 
and God's moving people around, whether you step on that alternate path or not. The question is whether or not you're going to be there when you're supposed to be. Part of what you shared was there was a person years ago that you went to like a store opening. And that person didn't know you. You didn't know them. You were basically, I'm going to say nobody, but, you know, and you guys were building your new store. But that person even came into play. Tell that part. You know the part I'm talking about? So, so again, the beginning of the Walmart journey started with getting to a store that had never been built. Right. So it's from the ground up. And because we didn't have a store. We were in the hiring center, so we were literally hiring new associates on, on board. But there was a store being grand opened in Sarasota or Bradenton, Sarasota. It might have been Bradenton. Um, and so my store manager said, go down there, check it out. I'm just like scouting out the land, see what it's going to look like, what it's all about. When I go down there, I walk the whole store. We meet and greet. And all of a sudden, or not all of a sudden, in the course of time, the person who was opening that store is now going to be my store manager tomorrow. Now, I didn't know who that person was. I didn't know we would ever work together. I didn't even remember the guy until I got off of the first interview Zoom call. I was like, man, he looks so familiar. And then it all started coming back to me. So the guy who was there is now the guy who's here. And that's why I was saying that that particular gentleman called my store manager and says, who is this Alex person? All from seven years ago when Obviously, it wasn't by accident. We've heard that for years. How many of we heard that before? It's not by accident. I don't believe this is by accident. Because we're being led by God, there are going to be things that in places you need to be at a certain time. Thankfully, through God's grace, even when we make those little, nah, I'm not going to go right now, he'll re-GPS you. Boop, 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 boop. And he'll, he'll reroute you to get to you to where you need to be. Because the way we've always been taught is like the air conditioning system. Right. So when you change the thermostat on the wall, what starts to happen? Does it get cold instantly? No. But there's a whole unit outside that starts going in motion. Condensers and handlers and all this stuff. Imagine God doing all of that. And you said, nah, I'm not going to go. He's making a whole he's creating an entire system to make sure you can be prosperous and succeed where you're supposed to be. We have to make sure we don't go back to that wall and say, nah, I'm good. Let me just turn it back to heat. I thought you was cold. Yeah, I'm cold, but I don't really feel like waiting. No. Keep it and set it. Once you set your desire, when you set that thermostat, allow God to do what he's already provided for you. So when we think about what grace is, grace is something that's already predetermined. It's pre-provided. I know that's not good English, but it's pre-arranged. Will you stay on course and be led by God so you can get where it's already predetermined. How many people have already been positioned and waiting? How many people have already been promoted? How many people have been demoted? All the things that are taking place for you to be where you're supposed to be. Now, the good news is once you get there, God now, as Ms. Kim said, he can trust you. He knows why he's trying to put you there. He knows why you out of everybody on the whole earth needs to be there at a specific time. Because there are things inside of you that you're being taught every Sunday that people haven't heard. They just haven't heard it. And that's, that, that was one of the eye opening moments for me working from ministry 
and work in, quote unquote, the world. There is stuff in you that if you just apply 10 percent of it, it's better than what the world can do at 100 percent. There is stuff on the inside of you that one word can change someone's life. We talking. We're not talking about how we get thousands of words from Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Greta that change your life all week, all month, all year. We're talking about you can say one thing. They've never heard this stuff before. They've never heard some of the stuff we take for granted. We hear it all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, I will not quit. Therefore, I cannot be defeated. Okay. We hear that stuff so much that it's like, okay. But when they hear it, they're like, wow, I've never heard that before. They've never seen faith in the marketplace the way that we've been taught. Faith in the church is, is common. If someone's sick, we're going we gonna to pray. If someone's in need, we're going to do what we need to do. That happens in the church across the nation, but not necessarily in the marketplace. In the marketplace, they don't get to see Jesus all the time unless they see it through you. But here's the purpose of you promoting. And I'm going to encourage everyone in the room. If you are in a place at a workplace and there is opportunity to promote, apply. Because here's one thing you can't do as the as the subordinate. You have a limited amount of influence as the subordinate. But when you're the leader, you can now set the tone. You have control over the atmosphere. You have the ability to come in and speak a word and no one can challenge it. You got a seat at the table. So I'll give you a quick example. In our academies, we have a board on the wall and we have all of our pictures and we all have to put a quote. When I first got there, I put a John Maxwell quote. That was four years ago. When I got this new position, my team from, from Bradenton said, hey, can you send us a picture and a quote? You know what I sent them? A quote from Pastor Poe. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? You can't tell me I can't. Right? Because now in a position of authority and leadership, I'm setting the tone for that academy now. So you're going to know, even if you never heard of Pastor Greg Poe or anything revealing truth ministry, you're going to hear it today. Right. Because here's one thing. Here's one thing they'll never do. They'll never meet Pastor Poe. They'll never meet Pastor Benjamin. They'll never meet Pastor Greta. Never. Not unless I invite them in and bring them in. But they're never going to cross their paths in that environment. But what you are going to do is cross my path and I've crossed their path. So when we think about why promote, it's not just about you. It's not just about the financial gain. It's not just about those material, tangible things. It's about the influence that God's trying to have in that environment. Whether you're the assistant principal, she gets to set the tone. How many kids are going to be on that campus where she can set the tone differently at that level versus just as one of the teachers on the campus? It's about that. Because what did we learn uh, a couple weeks ago? Pastor Brian was talking about the purpose is so that people will get saved. The will of God is that people get saved. They're not all coming to Wesley Chapel. They're not all coming to Tampa or St. Pete. But how can we take the gospel and it still be relevant for where they're living? Tangible because they can see you. They can meet you. They can touch you. And it still be inside of company policy because we have integrity. Right. We I'm not about to have a healing line right in the middle (laughs) on the sales floor. Exactly. Exactly. So I say that because 
we have to think about what's God's overall purpose. If, if, and I'll say this bluntly because it's about me. God could care less about me running an academy in the grand scheme of the whole big enchilada. But he does care about the souls and the people in that academy and the students that come through the academy that I can have influence over in that academy. Now, here's the thing. If for some reason the corporation is putting up every stop for me getting that position, sometimes you got to dust your feet off and move on to where else God wants you to be a blessing. Because there are going to be times where God wants it for them. You want it for them, but they don't want it. And it's not about you just bumping your head against a brick wall. It's about, all right, God, what you want me to do now? If he wants to break the wall down, great, let's break it down. But if that's not the the plan that he had and he wanted them to accept that gift, it's up to them to accept it. And that's one thing that I, I will say I've learned through this this part of the Walmart journey, because it has nothing to do really with Walmart coming to anywhere. But what I have learned is there is value on the inside of each one of us. There's a gift on the inside of each one of you. Well, first of all, do you recognize the value that God placed in you? God does. He, he's the one who placed it there. Have you recognized what God placed in you and the value you bring when you walk in the room? When you walk in the room, the Holy Spirit inside of you walked in the room. Even that can be taken for granted. We walk around with God every single day. Every time you walk into a room, you just brought God into the room. That has the ability to change the atmosphere of the room. And some of those words can almost be like the buzzwords, you know, like atmosphere, the culture. But the truth is, people are experiencing the anointing that's on the inside of you, and they've never felt that before. They don't have a point of reference of what the anointing does to remove a burden and destroy a yoke. They've never experienced it in some cases. You're exposing them to an experience that has never happened. And that's why it's up to us as leaders to to learn enough to explain enough. Right. That's why when they're teaching us, it's like he's given us. I never even heard of the voice. Thank you so much. <laughs> I never even heard of that. I would have like message, new, new living. He's giving us another translation so that when you go, you're able to explain. Why are you doing this? Well, it's an unusual pasture. This is this is something that God wants me to do that is uncommon. But it can it's going to produce uncommon results. Uncommon things will produce uncommon results. And there's a there's a message that Pastor Poe taught years ago. I'm talking 2001. The reason why I know the date, because I have it on my phone. That message, he specifically said there are going to be times where you have to go ahead of time before someone just so you can be that conduit. You can be that catalyst. You can be that person who says, all right, it's already been plowed. Now you can go. Because, you know, there's a different level of faith, confidence Stick with itness, if you want to say that, not, probably not even a word, to plow versus someone who just walks behind what's been plowed. It's a totally different mentality. Some of you have been trained to be the person, all right, let's clear this grass, let's get this out of the way, because there are some people that come behind you that might not have that, that teaching and that training to say, oh, I got to stick with it. It's hot, it's hot out here. No, it's okay. God made provisions for everybody. 
There's going to be some that's going to kick the grass down and there's others that's just going to walk behind. But it's still designed in God's purpose for everyone to get to where they need to get to. So, again, I encourage you, some of you, it's time to apply. It's time to put in your name, put your name in the hat. And fear and comfort is always going to tell you, do you have the qualifications? Do you have what's necessary? Do you have? Do you have? Here's the truth. If God wants you to have it, like getting that extra master's degree, he'll give it to you. There's also going to be some people who have to experience God's favor that goes outside of the the normal process to show you how good he is. You have to be open to both. All right, Lord, what you want me to do? Go back to school. All right, I'm going back to school. What do you want me to do? Apply. Well, you know, I don't have the degree. Did he tell you to go back to school? Or did he tell you to apply? (laughs) That is where the, the... the fork in the road is going to be for believers in, in this time. Are you listening to specific, intentional instructions? As Pastor Dollar would say, uh, uh, precise, being more precise with what the word is saying, being more precise with what, what is the Holy Spirit telling you? And I'll tell you from personal experience, when I heard him say transition, that's literally what he said. There was no precise. <laughs> I was learning that still. <laughs> Now I know, okay, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what's, what specifically do you want me to do? Now, if he doesn't say anything, all right, I'll just wait for that instruction. But it's about being intentional. It's not just flailing out in the wind as believers. Well, I think God told me this. I thank God. No, you need to know, what is God saying? What is God saying? So I'd encourage you, apply. I want to hear some promotion stories because it's not about you. I used to play around when I used to say this. I would say, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And I used to be playing with people like, hey, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. But the more I said it, the more revelation I got from it. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I was just playing around when I first started saying it. But it truly is not about you. It's not. You are placed in this earth at this time for a reason. But it's not about you. Now, you have to start thinking, okay, if it's about what Jesus wants to accomplish, let's start at the local Ground level. What does he want to accomplish at Walmart? In my academy. That's, that's where I am. I'm not in Arkansas. I'm here. But while I'm here, God is want, wanting something to be done. Because if he didn't want it done, I wouldn't be here. So while I'm here, I need to do something. If I'm at the school system, if I'm at any, any place, the county, there's something he wants me to do. There is something he wants you to do in those, those girls' lives and those women's lives that no one else is prepared or built to do. But you. So imagine if you don't do. God's got to raise up somebody else. But imagine if that person is two generations away. If they're two generations away and God will make sure it gets done, but it's going to have to take another two generations. That's how committed he is to his purpose. We get the opportunity to go alongside him. To participate in that purpose. So when you think about even what pastor used to say about the truth dome years ago. There were people way before him who had a vision to build a building. What happened? I don't know. I'm not in the details of what their life decisions were or anything. But I do know for him to say that, that means that he meant it to be done 10, 20, 15 years before. It didn't happen. Here we are now. Every decision is connected to God's timing. So, yes, we want Jesus to return. We want all these things to take place. What part are we playing in that obedience. 
to say, okay, what's my part at Walmart? Because some the part I play at Walmart is going to still help Jesus come back. It's not inside of the local church, but there's somebody there that I'm meeting, talking to, potentially mentoring, that they're not going to meet anybody else's Jesus unless they get it through me. Thank you. Give God some more praise today. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know I'm stretching your patience today. Because I'm dealing with post-COVID Christians. I'm talking about the Christians that used to want to be in church and, and get it in for God. When they started staying at the house, them, them folk went away. But I'm going to ask for 10 minutes of your time because all of that and feel free to do whatever you got to do. But for all of that and for people that are going to hear this, all of that was to get you here. If you didn't understand what they were saying, if you didn't get it, they took the path. It may not have seemed comfortable, but they took the path. It may have seemed scary, but they took the path. It may have seemed like they didn't have the education, but they took the path. Give me my Exodus 3 back up there, please, the voice translation of the Bible. Because doggone it, I want you to know something. When you look at that, we've gone through all of these things about Moses and this path, but I want the Holy Spirit to illuminate something in you, starting there at verse 2. It's saying, verse 1 He guided the flock far away from his usual pastures to the other side of the desert and came to a place known as Horeb, the mountain of the where the mountain of God stood there. Say there. There. That five letter word there. The special messenger of God met him there. Met him on the alternate path. Met him there. That new life, that changed life that you want God to give you, oh, that life exists. But it does not exist for you on your normal path. It exists there. What is there? That alternate path God has for you. If you don't go there, you don't meet that special messenger. If you stick to what you know with your routine, you never get there. When he made the decision to go that other route, guess what? He ran into God there. God was prepared to speak to him there. Not in his old place, not in where he used to go. God was ready to speak to him, but he had to take the path to get before the burning bush. And he does not get before that burning bush if he doesn't go the new way. There. How many of us have said, God, where is your blessing that you promised me? And he's looking for you there. You're wanting God to bless you where you are, but God is not ready to bless you where you are because all the things that he put together, all the people he moved around, all the resources he got in line, all the educational opportunities for free that you thought you had to pay for, all the people that need to interview that don't know you, they got they're they're over there. But you're saying, God, I want you to come here. Listen, 
Get to the spot that God has your blessing and you will find your blessing there. Oh, it all exists. The better life, the fulfillment, the more finances, the more influence, the better family. All of that exists. But as long as you keep doing the usual. And you don't go there. That God that said he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, he'll do it. But his supply is there. It's there. Don't go past. The voice puts in there. There the special messenger appeared to Moses. There God began to speak to him from the burning bush. There. The culmination of everything that we've shared. Stop being comfortable and get your tail there. There for your family. Get there for your marriage. Get there for your business. Get there for somebody else. Get there. Future generations. Get there. The path may look scary. Take the unction. Get there. Get off the couch. Get, stop being comfortable. Get there. Move your routine out of the way so you can see where you're going and see that alternate path. Get there. Because God is waiting for you there. We're going to close with these words together. Because that, ex- that God that says he will give you an expected end, he knows the plans that he has for you. His plan is waiting at the end of you getting there. Say this with me. I must muster the courage to trust the nudge from the Holy Spirit to take the unusual path. If I take that path, I will find myself coming face to face with God and he my God possesses every detail of my purpose. And can direct me to the better life I seek in Jesus name. Give God some praise. Family, let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you, God, that you have given us this word in multiple forms. You've given us scripture. You've given us living word through testimonies. John says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word. Who are the testimonies, God? There's something powerful in a testimony. A testimony allows a person to say me too. A testimony allows a person to say, I know my God is not a respecter of person. 
If he did it once, he can do it again. A testimony allows a person to say, even though I'm tired, I will press forward. Because I never know when that suddenly is going to happen. Mr. Alex, when you were sharing your testimony with me the other day, I know God had me share with you and I I need to share with everyone else. There were so many contacts that came his way and multiple people just remembering their influence or being in his presence. God had me stop him in the middle of his testimony and tell him, God wants you to know that your presence leaves a residue. I speak that over each and every person right now. The God in you will leave such a lasting impression on the people that you meet. It will leave a residue and that residue is going to stick with them until the next time they see you when God needs to touch on their heart to speak to somebody to say something, to move something around on your behalf, they may not even remember your name, but when they see your face, the residue that remains on them because of what you've spoken to their life and what God said is going to spark in them to do what God wants them to do to make the situation work out for you. Your presence, just being where God wants you to be, getting there will leave a residue on that place. And sir, what I didn't share with you, Alex, when you were when you were speaking, every time you said you had a phrase, you said all of a sudden. God spoken to me, he said, no, God of a sudden. God of a sudden. As a believer, when you say things happen all of a sudden, what that mean is God is moving. And he is God of a sudden chance, a God of suddenly making things turn around, a God of suddenly making things work out for you, a God of suddenly supplying your needs, a God of suddenly healing your body, a God of suddenly making things happen that you thought couldn't happen, a God of the impossibility. It's God of a sudden. You want to get us God I know to that place where beyond good is our reality but to get somewhere we gotta leave somewhere we can't get if we hold on to where we are we can't get if we're too scared to make the step we can't get if we want to see the end before we take the first step We have to trust you. It is in trusting you that we will find everything that we seek. Another thing I'll share with you. So many of you have shared in your testimony that a pastor friend 
said something to you or helped you out or you heard something from Pastor Dollar or Pastor Poe. You've heard. I'm going to share this with you. I heard Pastor Andy Stanley say this. He said, as believers in this current day, we talk about living by faith. But I want you to know that those people that walk with Jesus, they didn't live by faith. They live by proof. They saw what Jesus did. They saw the miracles. They saw the blind eyes open. They saw the people healed. They saw the the two fish and five loaves. Bring it back, Pastor. I'm bringing it back right now. Alex said, it's not about you. People are going to look at what you do for God right now, and that's going to be their proof. The fact that Kim made the decision to step out when she was at her most broken. Marriage struggling. People against her. Finances broken. Not knowing how she was going to make it happen. She stepped out and the fact that she plowed that grass. She is not just a woman of God. She is proof that God will do everything that he said he would do. Emerald is proof a single mom can do. Can raise a mannerable son. Can be in a room of PhDs and people that are from Harvard and Yale and they asking her her opinion. No letters after her name but she's got letters in her heart. G-O-D. J-U-S-U-S. J-E-S-U-S. H-O-L-Y. Spirits. Written across her heart. A girl from a small town in Georgia. Home not the best. Hurt by people who she loved that thought that should have been there to protect her. Son with autism. The world gave her no chance. Said she would fail. Said she'd never become nothing. Said her child would never live past a certain age. Said he wouldn't talk. Said he wouldn't graduate school. Say she can't even talk right. But God has her as an author getting ready to have an event in another state. Why? Because somebody heard about what God did through her and she had to step out first, though, on that unusual path. If she never steps out, she never experiences God meeting her there. A woman. Once married. Mother of four. Now doing it on her own. Educated. Smart. In the school system. Not supposed to be able to get the assistant principal job that she got. Not how she got it. People calling her. She's not searching for it. But God moving things around. 
letting her know, hey, guess what? This is bigger than you. All God needs is her yes. He doesn't need her to rehearse what she has or doesn't have. God knew who she was when he called her. But in her yes, her yes gave God the opportunity to do for her what only her yes would allow him to do. Now she's in the position to be the example, to be what other people can look at and have faith. Your testimonies are important because people don't have to live by faith. Take that for what I'm, the way I'm saying it. They don't have to live by faith alone when they can see you walking in it. It's not about you. Let your baby see you walk by faith. And then they don't have to just walk by faith. I'm walking because I saw my mama and daddy do it. Hmm. God, I thank you that the word that goes forth impacts the lives of every hearer, whether they're here or hear it tomorrow, years from now. And this is just the beginning of our discussion about Moses and this alternate path. We're on our way to a place that's beyond good. And I thank you for giving me the words and for allowing your people to say the words to others that's going to help us get there. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.